Our next storyteller. Next storyteller. Your next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Hello and welcome to The Narrators. This podcast collects stories from our live events where people share true stories based on a theme. Your next storyteller is Adrian Holguin. Adrian is a high school math teacher with 29 years of experience in the classroom and an improviser with 30 years of experience making stuff up on stage. But he assured us that this story stuck to the rules and was totally true. Adrian shared this story in front of a socially distanced outdoor audience at Exto Events Center while wearing a mask, which you may be able to hear, in August of 2020. The theme of the show was curves. This story will be nonlinear. It will be a collection of data points through time that hopefully we will be able to fit a regressive curve of a narrative to. First data point, 1988, I'm a senior in high school, uh, and I make it into the Outstanding Seniors page. Um, and I'm very proud. Um, I was what you call a trophy. Um, one of those magical unicorns, a smart Mexican that can actually do mathematics. Um, I wrestled. Um, I, uh, I was in theater. Um, and I was compliant. Uh, I loved school. Um, and I played the game real well. And I thought it'd be a good idea to be a teacher because uh, I really wanted to go out and make a difference and change the world, but I don't want to actually travel and do stuff. If you're a teacher, imagine, like, you get to stand there, and then they bring in 30 people, and then you change their lives, and then they leave. Second data point. My first job is at Adam City High School. Loved that school. Loved the community still. Um, I taught in the Integrated Community Studies Program, which was a program for kids at risk. And that's where I learned that you can be defined by your deficits. You can be defined by the worst things that you have ever done. And these kids were not compliant. I had been in the classroom four days. I was 22. And uh, I remember there was a kid reading a newspaper because this is back in 1992. And I was like, hey, you need to put your newspaper away. We're doing stuff. And his response was, fucking touch me, I'll kill you. Um, but I grew as a teacher. But I still had this feeling that these were kids that had made mistakes. These were kids that had deficits. These were kids that didn't have all of the 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 blessings that most other kids had. And so I was going to learn to make them compliant. I was going to learn that if they saw the light and they could walk the walk and be like these, these, these pillars of society that, that regardless of how, how they'd been labeled or all of the deficits they had. And the problem was, is that at that point in my career, I didn't see assets. And my goal was to make people compliant. And I realized that I started collecting trophies. I collected trophies like of my girl that was 15 when she had her first baby, but she managed to graduate. Um, and to this day, my trophies uh, exist on Facebook. Like these are parents that are now in their late 30s and 40s, kids that have honor students. They have become wonderful members of society. I am very, very proud of them. I am proud of how compliant they are. Next data point. 
I'm at Smoky Hill High School, um, it's, which is my forever home. Uh, I've been at Smoky Hill High School now 22 years. And I, uh, I start an improv troupe, um, Spontaneous Combustion. And I am starting to work on asset focus. And we make a commitment at Spontaneous Combustion. We make a commitment in our school. And to this day, I am super proud of the fact that our principal printed uh, Black Lives Matter t-shirts for us at school. That I can wear a t-shirt to school given to me by my principal that other teachers in other states would get fired for wearing. So we're starting to be asset focused. Anyway, I started, I, so I, I made my, uh, I, I put together an improv club and it slowly has grown over the last 20 years. Um, we were able to travel before all of this craziness. Every other year we'd go to Chicago for the Chicago Improv Festival. Uh, I was able to have Keegan-Michael Keyes sit and talk with my kids for a half an hour after a main stage show at one time. We made a commitment to making sure that women's voices were heard that black and Latino faces were represented. We made sure that we had LGBTQ kids not just represented on stage, but represented in positions of authority and, um, and in positions of power. Um, we have had kids in spontaneous combustion, uh, Margaret Tufo, uh, to name one. She was deaf. And it was amazing because when we'd have our show, we'd have two translators, one person translating the improv for her and one person being her voice at the same time. So over the course of this thing, this, I realized that I had started to collect trophies like Margaret. In the classroom, every time I had a black student that made it to CalKHL, I'd put them on the shelf and I'd give myself a pat on the back. There was a string about four or five years, but yeah, back I teach, I get to teach the calculus, um, at my school. There was a string about four or five years back where I sent, um, three kids back to back to MIT and all three of those kids were kids, uh, were African Americans. Um, when, uh, when one of our valedictorians, one of my kids, uh, Malaysia graduated, uh, valedictorian and went to Stanford. I took her and I put her on the shelf. And the most incredible thing about that were my trophies. Like I'm collecting these trophies and I pat myself on the back because every one of these kids was compliant. And, and, and hear me, like, like I am trying to be a better educator and to grow and to really see my black students for the assets and the strength that they carry, to see my Latino students for the brilliance and beauty of culture, and to make sure that I embrace my white kids too. Um, one of the things about, about spontaneous combustion is that within every school, there is a theater community. And within the theater community, all the cool kids like at the main stage shows, but in spontaneous combustion, we would have kids from the techies. Um, in 2007, next data point, there was a young man, I had him in calculus and I had him in theory of knowledge. Um, and, uh, he had tiger parents. Um, he was in the IB program, brilliant, got a five on my AP exam, uh, on, on the AP calc exam. Um, went to NYU to study, and I can't remember if it's biology or biochemistry. Uh, but one of the things that he was, was he had this like really extroverted kind of personality. And so I got him into the improv troupe. And when he went to NYU, 
he decided to audition for Danger Box, which is the M- NYU improv troupe there. And it was kind of cool. And one of the things that he said when we had talked later was that, well, Mr. Levine, I see you teaching calculus and I see you still performing. So I figured I didn't have to give up one or the other. And I was like, there's another trophy. You might have heard of him. He's Bowen Yang. Um, he's in Saturday Night Live now. Um, and so, like, there's a trophy. But they're not all famous. There's this other kid. Um, and he was one of those, like, those, like, uh, goofy backstage, uh, 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 Xbox playing, uh, white kids. Um, and, uh, just happy go lucky, like, uh, like one of those blue collar white kids that, that you know, uh, his dad, um, you know, his dad uh, was in, in the police force. He worked a pension. He uh, became one of my presidents. Um, he's a, just a, a great kid. He wanted to make a difference like I did. And like I did, he wanted to be able to make a difference where he could go and he could, they could like tell, you know, like, like just, I just want to like be a teacher or something like that. Go and make a difference. My dad's a cop. Maybe I'll do that. Uh, he joined the Marines after uh, he uh, graduated from Smoky Hill High School. Um, and it was really interesting um, and, and a celebration of diversity that like when he came back to visit, he came back and his, if you've ever seen a, a young man that's just out of boot camp and his dress blues like in the Marine, it is, it is a sight to behold. It is, there is a pride of, um, that is like gives me goosebumps. Um, after he did his tour of duty and he did his tour of duty and this is like, you know, like we're in the Iraq war, like he saw some stuff. Um, he stayed in touch and he came back. Um, and, uh, it was really cool because when he came back to visit, um, after he'd gotten out of the military, he came back in his, um, Aurora police officer's uniform. And I took him and I put that trophy on the shelf. And then COVID hit and I was camping with my wife and we came down out of the mountains and I got uh, a text from uh, a teacher at Cherokee Trail who was one of my uh, former spontaneous combustions that the spontaneous combustion uh, conversation had been blowing up because the police officer that put Elijah McLean in the chokehold was that boy that was in spontaneous combustion. He was one of mine. He was one of my trophies. And I realize that my goal of making people compliant in the lens of trying to build equity and diversity, that my goal of saving kids and putting up the trophies because those trophies are compliant in some ways is part of the problem, the systematic problem that we hit. And I am not here to tell you that, um, that he was a good guy. Like the one thing I want to tell you is like, he was not a bully, which makes it worse. He was not, a racist kid in high school, which makes it worse. That the systems that we have in place have me so angry because a good human being can be turned into a monstrosity. 
and I don't know what to do with that other than leave it in my feels. Uh, and I want to have just one, I want to leave you with the words of Alec Baldwin. In 1965, he debated um, William F. Buckley. I'm so Alec Baldwin, Jesus Christ. <laughs> James Baldwin. <laughs> Holy. I only, I, do, I can just, I only hope that like people in the world are hearing this right now. Good night. Uh, no, um. In this debate, Jane Baldwin said, Sheriff Clark, and if you don't know Sheriff Clark, Sheriff Clark is the uh, asshole that released the dogs on the marchers, that uh, released the hoses. If you think of that bull-necked, like, Sheriff Con like that buzz-cut, southern, evil racist, this is Sheriff Clark. And this is what James Baldwin said. He said, Sheriff Clark in some Alabama cannot be dismissed as a total monster. I'm sure he loves his wife and children and likes to get drunk. One has to assume that he is a man like me, but he does not know what drives him to use the club, to menace with the gun, and to use the cattle prod. Something awful must have happened to a human being to be able to put a cattle prod against a woman's breast. What happens to the woman is ghastly. What happens to the man who does it is in some ways much, much worse. Their moral lives have been destroyed by the plague called color. I stand before you publicly to pledge to not push compliance, but to push learning, to push Black Lives Matter, and, and, and to try and be an ally to um, my kids who are so vulnerable. Thank you. Good night. Okay, I was like, how after that story am I going to have to deal with the microphone awkwardly and all that stuff? And then he said Alec Baldwin and that helped, you know? I feel like it like, I feel like that was like a good help for me, Adrian. Uh, and give it up for non-compliance, everyone. Yes! The Narrators is produced by Ron Doyle, me, Aaron Rollman, with help from Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, Scott Carney, and Sydney Crane. Ron edited this episode. 
A special thanks to all of our sponsors, Buntport Theatre Company, Illegal Pete's, From the Hip Photo, and Great Divide Brewing Company. Our theme music is by Whale Hawk, and we would also like to thank the Milk Blossoms, who provided the outro music you are listening to right now. You can find a link to their music in the show notes for this episode. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at our website, thenarrators.org. Please, if you can, take a moment to rate our podcast on iTunes or share it with a friend. Word of mouth is the very best way for us to grow. Thank you so much, and stay safe. Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you didn't really want to let me back in But maybe because the moon was gawking chewing The doorman said he'd try to find you Through the mess of people in masks Filtering in and out of rooms Going in and out of love Like every one except for me, of course, I was.